Welcome to the home of the blessed people. And here is our host pastor, Pastor Dio Adeomo. Once again to the royal house, the home of the blessed people, where lives are changed and destinies are transformed. Trusting God that we're going to have a well, swell time in the presence of God and our understanding is going to be different today, even as we continue in our teaching on the gifts of the Holy Spirit. I want to thank God for your lives. I want to thank God for the participation and uh, the way you have engaged yourselves in these teachings. I know that definitely you have grown. Not only have you grown, you have known the word of God in a better shape and in a better form. I want you to, to continue and do not give up. In case you join this series late, I want to encourage you to go on our app. All the teachings are there and they are free, and also on Spotify. You can just look at Gifts of the Holy Spirit, and you can see all the series we've been teaching. It will bless you, and I know that it will change your lives forever. I'm so glad that you are here tonight, and so grab your Bibles and your writing materials as we go in this study tonight, and I trust God that your life will never be the same. My life also will never be the same as we go deeper and understand God's word, even in a new layer and in a new fashion. Shall we bow down our heads to pray? Heavenly Father, we thank you tonight. Thank you for bringing your children from all over the world once again to listen to the teaching of your word and grafted word, which is able to save our souls. Thank you for what you are doing in our lives as individuals and as a collective body. Thank you also for what you are doing in this body at large. Thank you for your prophetic word over our lives saying it will be our year of great harvest. We thank you because the harvests are coming in on every side. We thank you for the testimonies that came in this week alone of your mighty works, of your mighty acts, and giving people great testimonies. Indeed, you are an awesome God, faithful God, bringing your words to pass. Right now, we're asking you to anoint your word let it mix with faith in our hearts. Let it produce the intended fruits that you have desired of our lives. And let our lives never remain the same. Holy Spirit, take charge, take control, and let God's name be glorified. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. And the people of God said, Amen. Praise God. Now, for some time now, we have been teaching on this subject, the gifts of the Holy Spirit. We can see from 1 Corinthians chapter 12, from verses 7 to 9, as the gifts of the Holy Spirit were stated there. From verse 7, it says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to every man to profit without. It's given to all of us in the body of Christ to profit. Now, reasons we don't operate in them, reasons they don't manifest in our lives, is simply because many don't even have the basics. That is the understanding. They don't know what the gifts of the Holy Spirit is. And this is where we start by, first of all, having an understanding, having a personal revelation an understanding, a deep understanding of what it means even from the heart of God. And for some time now, we have been teaching on these things. As the scripture says, that for one, it is given gift of word of wisdom to another, word of knowledge to another, discernment of spirit, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, and gift of working of miracles, nine of them. As we have previously 
explained and taught in previous teachings, the best way to describe the gifts of the Spirit is to say that the three of them say something. Three gifts of utterance. All they do is they say something. Utterance. They have to do with the vocal cords. Vocal gifts they call. One is prophecy. One is diverse kinds of tongues. One is interpretation of tongues. Praise God. Three of them are gifts of power that do something. One says something. The other one does something. Power does something. And that's the gift of it, gift of working of miracles, and gifts of healings. That's the last set we just finished. The other one which we finished earlier, the three gifts of revelation. That is, they reveal something. A set says something. Another set does something. Another set reveals something. Of course, the revelatory gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discernment of spirits. We are starting today's teaching with the gift of prophecy. That is, we have moved to the last set of gifts now, which are the vocal gifts, or the gifts that say something. We have finished the first two. Like I've told you, you want to go over it, or maybe you join these teachings in the middle, or you weren't interested initially, but as we are going deeper and deeper, you say, oh, wait a minute, these are things I must know. You can go back to the app. It's also on Spotify, Royal House Messages on Spotify. You can get all of them free of charge, amen, and it will bless you, Amen. People have gone there, they have listened to it, and they have come back with testimonies. Okay. Now, let us go on today. Prophecy is the most important, of course, of this category. That is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, uh, sorry, of prophecy, diverse tongues, and interpretation of tongues. That is the vocal gifts. Amongst these three, Prophecy is the most important one. If you know, be following our teachings, every time we talk about a particular category, we talk about the most important one there. And I will show you reasons why it's the most important. It's not because by preference I like it. It's not by pre preference I chose it. It's the way God put it there. Praise God. It's the way God positioned prophecy and what prophecy should do in our lives. The reason is that, the reason why it's the most important is that it takes the other two, that is, the other two inspirational gifts, diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues to be equal to this one gift. Diverse tongues and interpretation of tongues must be in operation before you can get a prophecy. Whereas prophecy also stands alone. Praise God. So that's why it's the most important of the two. It takes, the other two needs to come together before they can equate what prophecy is. Praise God. 1 Corinthians 14.5. 1 Corinthians 14.5 says, Greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets. Except he interprets. So, 
is already there in the teachings of Apostle Paul, saying that the person who prophesies or wherever the gift of prophecy is operating is already higher than the other two because the other two needs to come together to equate to prophecy. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. This infers that if you speak in tongues and interpret it, that is only when it's equivalent to a prophecy, to the gift of prophecy. Therefore, prophecy is the most important in these three gifts. In these gifts of inspiration or inspirational gifts, that is, gifts of, with the utterance, in that it does not need another gift to complement it. Prophecy starts alone. Whereas if you speak in tongues, you need interpretation for it to be meaningful. Praise God. Whereas on prophecy, it stands alone. It doesn't need any other addition. Praise God. So definitions, quickly. What is prophecy? Let's quickly define prophecy. Prophecy is supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Supernatural utterance. The utterance is supernatural. It's not man-made. It's inspired of the spirit. But it's in a known tongue. It's supernatural. All the gifts of the spirit are supernatural. They are Holy Ghost inspired. Praise God. But it's in a known tongue. Whereas diverse kinds of tongues, this is also a supernatural utterance, but it's in an unknown tongue. Prophecy, supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Diverse kinds of tongues is supernatural utterance, but in an unknown tongue. Then, interpretation of tongues. Interpretation of tongues is a supernatural showing forth of that which has been said in an unknown tongue. Interpretation is showing forth or revealing or bringing out what has been said in an unknown tongue, showing it forth in a known language. The Hebrew meaning of the phrase to prophesy is, the Hebrew meaning is to flow forth. It carries with it the thought to bubble forth, to, to, to spring forth, to lift up, to tumble forth, something to erupt forth. That's what it means to prophesy. The Greek, on the other hand, the Greek prophecy means to speak for another. To speak for another. Either you are speaking for God or you are his spokesman. That is, you are either speaking for God or you are to be his spokesman. First Corinthians 14.1. 1 Corinthians 41, it says, follow after charity, that is love, and desire, follow after charity, and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that ye may prophesy. Did you see that? Prophecy is one thing 
that the Lord wants every believer to prophesy. You are not to be left out. In the New, in the New Testament prophecy, which I will teach later, I want you to understand it because prophecy in the New Testament is different from prophecy in the Old Testament. But every believer, every child of God is called to prophesy. It's not, it's not for, it's for every believer. Let me put it this way. I'll read it again. It says follow after charity, every believer. And desire spiritual gifts. That is, don't just chase prophecy alone. Desire every spiritual gift. Desire to be used of God of it. Every gift. But rather that you may prophesy. That is above all. Make sure prophecy is in place in your life. Every believer. Now this is a challenge to every one of you listening to me. God wants you to prophesy. We are told here to desire spiritual gifts. But especially that we might prophesy. Yeah, speaking in tongues, interpretation of tongues, word of prophecy, gift of faith, gift of healing, gift of working of miracles, all the gifts of the Spirit, desire it. But especially the gift of prophecy. That does not mean we do not desire others, but we are especially to desire prophecy. Again, at the end of 1 Corinthians 14, look at it in one chapter. Verse 1, it talked about it. Verse 39, the last, matter, last verse of 1 Corinthians 14, Paul repeated what he said in verse 1. He said, wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Covet it. He said, desire it in one place. Now he's saying, do what? Covet it. Go after it with everything within you. Hunger for it. I told, I told you some time ago last week, as a teenager growing up, when we pressed into these things, if there were three days, we didn't have any prophetic word. It's automatic fasting. It is. You don't go on without having a prophetic word. Praise God. Now, let's now look at which one because we need to balance it. People can take that statement I've made now and run with it. You have to listen to, to this message to the end. Don't take one part and run away with it that, well, pastor says every believer must prophesy. Is that true? And so on and so forth. You want to argue and make a Bible school out of it. That's not what we are saying. Listen and make sure you get this message right. Paul was writing about the inspiration of God we can say it this way. God through Paul spoke to the church in Corinth and it applies to us, the modern day church too. In 1 Corinthians 14.1 and 1 Corinthians 14.39 to desire spiritual gifts but rather that we may prophesy. It's important for us to prophesy. Now, let us now break prophecy down because that word prophecy prophesy itself, many believers don't understand it. I told you that prophecy is supernatural what? What did I call prophecy? I still defined it for you. Sorry, those, those of you online, you, there are a few people in the studio. That's why I'm communicating this way. Praise God. What is prophecy? Supernatural 
utterance in a known tongue. Very good. Supernatural utterance in a known tongue. Praise God. Now, that supernatural utterance is divided into two. That is Old Testament and New Testament. The New Testament believer is to the gift of simple prophecy or the gift of prophecy. Every believer is expected to press into it. Now, in the theology of it, of prophecy, we have two faces of prophecy. Just like you have two sides of the coin. One is foretelling. The other one is foretelling. Foretelling is revelatory. While foretelling is for edification, for exaltation, and for comfort. Praise God. The simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office at all. The mere fact that you can prophesy does not make you a prophet. Don't get that wrong. In the New Testament believers, for New Testament believers, as God is compelling us or commanding us or encouraging us or pressing us into coveting spiritual gift of prophecy, is not the office of a prophet. There are two different things. The office of a of, a prophet is a ministering gift. It's an office. But the gift of the Holy Spirit of, for prophecy is something different entirely. So don't mix it up. When I was saying that every believer should prophesy, I'm not saying every believer should become a prophet. No, you prophesy doesn't make you a prophet. But every prophet prophesies. But you prophesied once, twice, thrice, does not put you in the office of a prophet. Even if you prophesy every day, does not put you in the office of a prophet. That is a ministry gift. It's a calling to that office. And I will tell you the things that distinguish the prophecy that comes from the believer and the prophecy that comes from the office of a prophet. It's different. So, once again, note that the, 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 the simple gift of prophecy should not be confused with the office of the prophet or the prophetic office. Praise the Lord. In 1 Corinthians 14.3, Paul said, But he that prophesied, but he that prophesied speaketh unto men to edification and exhortation and comfort. He that prophesied, this is what prophecy does. The New Testament prophecy, it brings forth edification exaltation and comfort. We can see that in the simple gift of prophecy as is given here, this is the gift of prophecy. It's for, let's go over it again, edification, don't forget it, 
exaltation and comfort. Let's take it again. It's edification, exaltation, and comfort. That's the simple gift of prophecy in the New Testament. When somebody is to prophesy to your life, it does, there's no condemnation there. Did you see condemnation there? That God is not happy with you. You can't hear that in, in, in prophecy. You can't hear that. Any prophecy that, that is, is not inspired of God, if it doesn't come around there, is for exhortation. <laughs> Amen? <laughs> it's for edification. It's for exhortation and it's for comfort. Praise God. That's what the prophecy of the New Testament is. Praise God. Now, one thing you will see immediately about the prophecy of the New Testament is one thing that you will quickly see. There is no revelation there. There is no what? Revelation. It's not any supernatural insight into the past, into the present, into the future that will be revealed. There's nothing being revealed. There's no information being revealed there. Amen? There's no new revelation. There's nothing uh, picking into your life, showing you what and what is and what and what is not. No, 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 no. In the New Testament, no. Praise God. Could it come? Yes. But let me first finish these definitions before we see where they, interwove, where they are interwoven. The, sample, the simple gift of prophecy is given for edification, for exhortation and comfort. In the office of a prophet, however, we very often find that revelation is present or what we call foretelling, foretelling. In the, in the office, listen to me, you know we have the office also in the New Testament. Is that not so? We have the gift, we have the office. So inside the office is revelatory. That's the distinct, uh, that's the distinction, that's the difference between the New Testament prophecy, that is every believer can prophesy in the New Testament. But what separates the office of a prophet is that his own prophecy has revelation. It is revelatory. Word of wisdom and word of knowledge is operating. Praise God. It's, it's operating in it. The, the one that sits in the office of a prophet operates with other spiritual gifts, not just the gift of prophecy. There are other spiritual gifts in operation that brings out the revelation, especially the revelatory gifts. So that is how you know somebody is in the office of a prophet. An office of a prophet is not by title. It's by the operations of the spirit in his life. And one distinctive factor of the one that sits in the office of a prophet is that, yes, the gift of prophecy is in his life, as is in other believers. Every believer should prophesy, but his own is revelatory. It has revelation in it. It's deep. It has authority of heaven backing it up. Praise God. Praise God. I hope you are learning something. Okay. Foretelling does come forth in the office of a prophet, even though he uses the vehicle of prophecy to bring it out, 
but his own has revelation. His own has revelation. It can be more specific. It can be things hidden that are brought out. Things that are not open to the natural eyes. So it's interesting to note that there is difference between prophecy in the Old Testament and prophecy in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, prophecy was, was actually foretelling. It's revelation. In the whole testament, there's nothing like for exhortation, for comfort, for there's no comfort. In fact, when the prophet in the old testament is coming, everybody is trembling. That I hope you have come in peace. Because they know that uh, this one is not uh, exhortation and comfort. He has not come to comfort anybody. He's coming to say the mind of God as it is. So that's the old testament. Foretelling. Everybody say foretelling. But in the New Testament, we see that the gift of prophecy shifts strongly to foretelling. Say a lot of things. Son of man, prophesy. You can speak. You can declare. You can prophesy. You can, you can latch the word of God and say it over and over again. That's the spirit of prophecy. This is my year of great harvest. You are prophesying. You are declaring. You are bringing the word of God and speaking it over and over again. That's forth-telling. Forth, F-O-R-T-H, forth-telling. Then there is for-telling, F-O-R-E, telling. And there is forth-telling. Amen. So prophesying is more than preaching. I want to quickly establish that. Some people think, oh, because it's supernatural utterance. In preaching too, we have supernatural utterance. So I can prophesy for service. No. Some people think to prophesy means to preach. No. Capital N-O. The spiritual gift of prophecy is not preaching. Sometimes there is an element of prophecy in preaching. When a person who is anointed by the Spirit and is inspired to say some things spontaneously, things that he never thought of before, things that he never imagined before, spontaneously, that come out of his mouth. Rather than this, rather than, rather than coming out of his head, is coming out of his heart. Yes, it happens when a preacher is preaching. That comes from his spirit. Rather than his head. It does happen. But that is, that's, uh, but that's only one phase of the operation of the gift of prophecy. That's not the total picture. That's not the total picture. So some people go, oh, okay, when we are preaching and, you know, you get inspired and you, you say some things out of your spirit. And then they say, oh, that is, uh, that is uh, prophet preaching. What is that? Oh, that's just an inspiration of the Spirit. There are two different things. Praise God. Yes, sometimes people witnessing can also say things beyond their natural thought process and speak accurately to people's lives. That is only part of the operation of this gift of prophecy. That's not the fullness of it. Prophecy is inspired utterance. Glory be to God. The gifts of prophecy goes beyond speaking by our own reasoning process. To preach means to proclaim, 
to announce, to cry or tell. The scriptural purpose of the gift of prophecy is different from the scriptural purpose of preaching. That's where I'm getting to. I want to separate those two because it's good in teachings like this, we let you get to the foundation so that you don't mix things up. I see in the body of Christ today, a lot of things are mixed up. People are not getting the proper teaching. Jesus did not say that men will be saved by the foolishness of prophecy. Is that what he says? But how will people be saved? The foolishness of what? Preaching. First Corinthians 1.21. Let's people see there. So the scriptural purpose of preaching is different from the scriptural purpose of prophecy. For after that, in the wisdom of God, that the world by wisdom knew not God, it will please God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Foolishness of preaching. Foolishness of preaching to save them. Wow. So you should know that, number one, the scriptural meaning or the scriptural purpose of prophecy and preaching is not the same. Even on the day of Pentecost, when people were speaking in tongues, okay, okay, sorry, I missed one part here. I want you to know this about supernatural gifts. Supernatural gifts are not there to save people. How to save people is through the preaching of the word. Supernatural gifts are there to catch people's attention. It's for attention catching. Miracles, attention. Signs and wonders, attention. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, catch your attention. You give word of wisdom or word of wisdom comes to you. Doesn't mean you are saved. Are you listening to me? Doesn't mean you will get saved because somebody gives you word of wisdom. People get saved because the gospel is preached to them. Don't mix it up. Hello? Am I communicating? All right. Praise God. So, supernatural gifts of the Spirit are given to arrest people's attention, not to save them. That's not the scriptural assignment for the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Are you listening to me? Even, let me use another one to prove it. Even on the day of Pentecost, when people were speaking in tongues, the first arrival of tongues, none of those people standing by or listening to them got saved until Peter got up and did what? And preached the gospel to them. Until, you know, when they were speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues people were saying, ah, confusion. What next? Ah, they, they must be drunk. They must be this. They must be that. But the speaking in tongues, what did he do? It caught their attention. They came to look. Holy Ghost was doing his own work in there. Bam! By the time Peter would stand, 
and preach the gospel to them. How many were saved? Over 3,000. Glory be to God. So people get saved by preaching. Don't forget this. It's simple but fundamental. You have to know. It's preaching that gets people saved. It's the word of God in their mouth and in their heart. So that word has to come and people get saved. Praise God. The gifts will bring attention. Amen. Uh, you can read that for reference. Acts chapter 2 from 14 to 41. Some of you want to read at home at the Berean Christian. Now, let us look at the gift of prophecy versus the office of a prophet. And I think I will round, I will round off uh, there tonight uh, by God's grace. If we can push it a few steps further, we'll do that. But uh, we want to, because I really am passionate about this, I want you to really get the fundamentals of this uh, prophecy, gift of prophecy, and when the office of a prophet comes in place. And what does the office of the prophet itself, what are the gifts operating? For me to call you a true prophet, it means that you sit in that office, you are called in the fivefold ministry as a prophet, then some certain gifts must be operational in your life. You can't assume that office as a prophet if you don't have these gifts flowing in your life. And these gifts are also an indication uh, before the presbytery takes conclusion to say you are now a prophet and you are ordained or anointed a prophet to the body of Christ. They must have been witnesses to these operations in your life to a very large extent. Okay. So the gift of prophecy versus the office of a prophet. As said earlier, the gift of prophecy should not be confused with the prophetic office. Simply, the gift of prophecy has no revelation in it. I think we've established that. Rather, it speaks to men for their edification, for their exhortation, and for their comfort. According to 1 Corinthians 14 verse 3. It is to edify the church. Put verse 4 there. 1 Corinthians 14 4. That is the word, that's what prophecy is for. Prophecy is for edification. It's to edify. The word edify means to build up. It's to build up the church. That's what edification. When something is edified, edification for, for exaltation, when you're exalted, when you are, when you are charged, that's what it means. Uh, and then for comfort, when you are consoled. You have confidence. Confidence is restored. Hallelujah. Praise God. It's for the building of the body of Christ. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 4, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue edified himself, but he that prophesied edified the church. You are strengthening the church. You are, you are, you are, you are, you are speaking forth the church. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, note, in 1 Corinthians 14.1, Paul was telling the whole church at Corinth to covet prophecy and to desire spiritual gifts. Covet prophecy and desire spiritual gifts. Praise God. He said, but rather that ye may prophesy. Yet, in 1 Corinthians 12.28, Paul said that all are not prophets. 
1 Corinthians 12, 28. And God has set some in the church, first apostles. Secondly, prophets. Thirdly, teachers. After miracles and then gifts of healings, helps, governments, diversity of tongues. Praise God. Praise God. But all are not prophets. Can you go to 29, please? 29. Are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, are all workers of miracles? He said, definitely not so. We can't be all. All of us cannot be prophets. I'm trying to balance the fact that I said all is expected to prophesy, but not all are expected to be prophets. I want to quickly distinguish that and make that strong. The mere fact you are prophesying does not make you a prophet. Prophesying does not make you a prophet. Of course, a prophet will prophesy, but you that prophesy, you are not automatically a prophet. And this is where deception goes on in the body. Somebody prophesies once or twice and um, they start calling you prophet, prophet, you too, you take the title prophet. No, don't be misled. We are all called to prophesy. Amen. We are all called to prophesy. A prophet will have more of the gifts of the spirit in operation, more than two, more than just the gift of prophecy. Now, if somebody is going to fall into the office of a prophet, it's not just the gift of prophecy that that person will be operating in. There will be other gifts of the Holy Spirit operating in that person's life, not once a while, but regularly. Praise God. Regularly. He would have revelatory gifts in operation along with prophecy. The gift of prophecy will be there, but there will be revelatory gifts that is flowing. Praise God. That's the simple reason why Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, 29 and 30. Let the prophet speak. Let's quickly go there. 1 Corinthians 14. 29 and 30. If you got it, say, I got it. Okay, good. Let's go. Let prophets speak two or three. And let the other judge. If anything be revealed to another that seated by, that is another prophet. Let the first hold his peace. Again, this is how to judge prophecy. Here, Paul is talking about revelation. If anything be revealed, go to verse 30. If anything be revealed, okay, you are there. If anything be revealed, if anything be revealed, Therefore, the prophet would have other revelational gifts operating in his ministry, operating on continual basis in his life and ministry, as well 
as the gift of prophecy. There must be revelatory gifts. Is there anything be revealed? There must be revelatory gifts. Praise God. If anything be revealed to another. Praise God. <laughs> Praise God. In other words, for a person to stand in the office of a prophet, he would need to have been called to the fivefold ministry as either a preacher or a teacher of the word. A preacher or a teacher of the word. Ephesians 4, 11 and 12 makes that clear. And have two, and have two of the three revelatory gifts working in their lives. What is that saying? When somebody says, oh, I know there are a few exceptions. Some people will say, oh, they were born and right from their birth, they had, um, you know, these revelatory gifts. It just, they just had it uh, ordinarily. And uh, 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 they were just operating like that. How many, I'm sure people have uh, examples. You've met people like that who are just gifted naturally. Let me quickly tell you this. That is not the gift of the Holy Ghost. It is not the gift of the Holy Ghost. Until you are born again, you can't, have the, you can't receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So there are some people who are just endowed with natural gifts like that. Just natural. And they sleep, they dream, they see things, truly. But it's not the Holy Ghost. I just want you to know that. It's just a natural gift. Amen. It's effortless for them. They don't need to be holy. They don't need, in fact, some of us who know these people, most of them don't live righteous lives. They don't, they, because it's natural to them. They didn't pay any price to get it. And I mean, uh, it just, was just given to them. They were just, they just woke up one day and they saw that they have these things. They could see things and so on. Uh, so it's just a residual. It's not the Holy Ghost. It's not the gift of the Holy Ghost. The gift of the Holy Ghost comes through a different process. It first comes via salvation. It's after you are saved that those things are there. Praise God. Amen. And we see this in the day we live today. It's not, uh, it's not strange. I've got people, members of my own family, not my midday family, extended family. They are gifted in this area. Gifted. But their lives is not showing for that. <laughs> this is of God. No, no, no. But they might be accurate. It's only revelatory. We're just bringing out things known. It doesn't mean that the vessel is. Praise God. Anyway, that's not what I'm teaching today. I wish I could go further on that. Maybe uh, towards the end, not today, towards the end of this entire series, I can address those ones, those ones that are endowed naturally. They just have the gift. And uh, what category do they fall into? Uh... So they must, to sit in the office of a prophet, you must have two of these three revelatory gifts. Word of wisdom and the word of knowledge or discernment of spirits. Any two of the three, you must be, it must be operating regularly. Plus the prophecy, gift of prophecy, operating consistently in your life and ministry. And then, yes, that is when the precipitary begins to watch you. 
what I was trying to say and establish initially is that people don't just jump into this office of a prophet. The office of a prophet is a big thing. It's not, uh, I see so many people today, they just bear the title of a prophet like that. Just because once or twice uh, the gifts of the spirit have moved in your life. It's a high calling. Don't, don't joke with all these things. The presbytery must acknowledge you first and watch you for a while. In fact, the presbytery sometimes err because of this. They don't watch for a while. Some, some character is not developed yet in you. And you, you want to jump because you feel that, well, the gifts operating in your life, even the pastor of the church doesn't have it, or even the general overseer of the church doesn't have it. So you feel that you have qualified yourself. That's wrong. There is a process of qualification to get into the office of a prophet. You start by being a preacher. Not, you don't start with the gifts. You start with the roots. Not the gifts. Praise God. Then the character formation is there. The, 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 the Canadian presbytery of uh, the body of prophets in Canada just had a conference of late. And they were trying to review some of the things that were happening in their body. And one of the prophets has to stand up and say this. He said, look, in fact, uh, uh, he, he has revamped his teaching until he sees character formed in people. He's not bringing them to this office anymore. I said, very correct. Because our, we have not watched people for a while. Christ is not fully formed in some people. And we ask them to carry the weight, the destiny of many. How could they? They don't have, you can't give what you don't have. You don't have the capacity to do so. You see character flaws all over. All over. And it makes even the prophet, the, the prophetic office to be questioned by people who shouldn't even stand to talk about it. Praise God. So, going forward tonight, the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, I said, yes, we must have one or two of these things operating in our lives. Therefore, we should not confuse the office of the prophet with that simple gift. We shouldn't confuse the office of the prophet with the simple gift of prophecy. We shouldn't do that. Praise God, which we were all told to covet. You know, gift of prophecy, we are all told to covet it. It's not the office of the prophet that you should be coveting. It's the gift of prophecy. Am I communicating tonight? Again, 1 Corinthians 14, 39 says, Wherefore, brethren, covet to prophesy. Covet to prophesy. Covet to prophesy. Praise God. Why do I know that God wants us to really go after the gift of prophecy? Because if it's not available for us, God wouldn't tell us to covet something that wasn't available to us. He wouldn't tell us to do that. So it's available. Everybody say it's available. Nor will he desire, he will ask us to desire something that we couldn't have. 
it means it's available. Say it again, it's available. So I want you to have this at the back of your mind, even as we are teaching tonight, that there is a prophecy, there is a gift of prophecy I should go for with everything that is within me because it's a gift. I will be supernaturally inspired from time to time to, to speak forth the very mind of God in, an, in a known tongue, supernatural inspiration of the Holy Spirit. Praise God. To speak forth in a known tongue. To bring out revelation in a known tongue. Praise God. Amen. Let's quickly read 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1, 5, verses 1, verse 5, and verse 39. Praise God. I am glad somebody is blessed. I said I am glad somebody is blessed. If that's you, shout amen. Okay, let me see it. Let me see it on the chat. Put a loud amen on your chat. Let me feel you here tonight that you are gaining something in your spirit, man. You are being charged. I'm going after prophecy. I'm going after it because the word of God says every believer, every believer should prophesy. Don't be cheated from this. Amen? Praise God. Are you there? Verse 1. He says, follow after charity and desire spiritual gifts. Please, this is for everybody. These night gifts of the spirit we are talking about, desire it. Sometimes the challenge in the body of Christ is that we don't even desire, we are not hungry for it. We don't have an appetite for it. We don't have an appetite. And Holy Spirit is there ready to distribute, but people are not hungry. People are talking about mundane things. People are, people are just, and these are things you should enjoy in this part of eternity. They are gifts given to you to profit. That's what the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It's for you to profit with that. This is part of it. Prophecy. Wow. Wow. You know, there are nights you can, you can fellowship with your, with your friends whereby you gather to prophesy on each other. We'll talk about that later when we're talking about further gifts, when we're talking about how to actually exercise these gifts from time to time. So it says, covet spiritual, it says, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. He even told you the one that should be, you know, on priority on your list. Is this prophecy we are talking about. Thank God this is a prophetic-oriented church. You can't say you don't understand prophecy if you are in this environment. This is a prophetic church. In a few weeks, we'll be doing our prophetic destiny con conference. We are all about the prophetic. Because we as believers, we are to prophesy. We are all ordained, anointed to prophesy. And prophesying you will in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, verse 5 now. Verse 5. I would that ye all speak with tongues, but rather that ye prophesy. You see him again? He's still emphasizing that, look, prophecy is it, man. Prophecy is the one you should go after. Praise God. You should be involved, engaged in foretelling, in foretelling. He said, for greater is he that prophesied than he that speaketh in tongues. Praise God. God will make you great. I think this is your year of great harvest. I say greatness is coming your way. If you believe it, say good amen. amen. Praise God. Yes, and verse 39. Verse 39. He said, wherefore, brethren, 
covert to prophesy and forbid not to speak with tongues. He said, covert to prophesy. I see the grace of prophecy coming on your life afresh in this season in the name of Jesus. I command that that gift of prophecy that is on the inside of you by the Holy Ghost will come alive tonight like ever before in the name of Jesus. You will get inspired to foretell in the name of Jesus. You will get inspired to foretell in the name of Jesus. In supernatural words will be given to you by the Holy Ghost to speak as an utterance in the name of Jesus. That gift on your inside will not be dormant, will not be quiet, will come alive in every junction, in every phase of your life in the name of Jesus. You will prophesy in the morning, in the evening you will prophesy, in the midnight watches you will prophesy. The anointing to prophesy comes upon you. God's hand is upon you right now. In the name of Jesus, as you see people, as you see men, the prompting of God will be upon you to give utterances in the area of education, in the area of edification, in the area of exaltation, in the area of comfort. In the name of Jesus, you will be supernaturally inspired to speak to your world, to speak to your world, to speak to your constituency. In the name of Jesus, the hand of God will be strong upon your life like never before. Supernatural inspiration of the Holy Ghost shall be your portion. When you close those eyes, you lift up your hands, utterances will come. He said, open my mouth wide and I will fill it, said the Lord of hosts. Your mouth will be filled like the pen of the ready writer. You will speak forth like an apple of gold in the picture of silver. You will speak right words, rightly spoken, are like apple of gold in the picture of silver. The word of God says how forcible are right words. Right words will come out of your mouth, will come out of your lips. In the name of Jesus, man de city. So shall it be over your life and destiny. In the name of Jesus, when you prophesy to your children, you prophesy to your home, you prophesy to your family. You prophesy to the walls of your home. You prophesy over your business, over your finances as you prophesy, over your health when you prophesy, over your health when you prophesy, over your destiny, over your tomorrow, over your marriage to be, over your spouse to be. In the name of Jesus, those words will find expression in your life in the name of Jesus. They will walk with speed in the name of Jesus. If you believe it, shout yes. Glory be to God. We can all prophesy, but we can't all be prophets. Note that. Prophecy through the office of the prophet carries more authority than the simple prophecy. Praise the Lord. Yet, all will have all the gifts of the Spirit operating in their lives. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Whew. God is good. God is good. Have you been blessed tonight? Come on, let's appreciate Jesus Christ. Next week, 
Thank you for listening. We hope you have been blessed by the word today. Please join our services every Sunday live at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and our Bible study every Friday at 7 p.m. at 95 Church Street, St. Catharines. We hope you have a wonderful week ahead and God bless you.